0: This episode of Priority One podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support.
1: Command codes verified. Priority
0: One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. to episode 230 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded on Thursday, July 9th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, July 13th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. And I'm Cam. Jace is off on shore leave this week, so we've roped in a very special guest to fill in for him, our very own Cookie Cupcakes. Hi, Admirals! <laughs> Cookie why don't you do the honors and tell us what we have in store this week. This week we're trekking out an interview where Will Wheaton talks about his personal struggles with
2: mental illness. In Star Trek Online news we're looking forward to season 10.5 with a sneak peek at some triple release notes, further details about the fleet armada system, and the retirement of the Zindi terrestrial lockboxes. We've also got part two of our interview with lead designer Al Captain gecko Rivera. Where we'll be talking, the new fleet holding, and maybe a hint or two regarding upcoming content. As always, before we wrap things up, we'll open Hailing Frequencies for your incoming messages.
1: Speaking of Hailing Frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages. So chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live, or answer our community questions by commenting on our website facebook.com forward slash priority one or via twitter at sto priority one
0: did you know that this podcast isn't all we've been up to be sure to keep your eye on priority one podcast.com for the latest in trek themed news and reviews and special star trek online videos made specially by our team and exclusively on our facebook page every month we'll be publishing a new comic following the adventures of the uss prioritas Head to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and check it out.
1: Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters that make this show possible from week to week. Because of their support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page.
2: One last thing, listeners Priority One Productions is looking for a new volunteer associate web developer. We have an ever-growing web presence, and our one current developer is stretched pretty thin. So any help is appreciated. WordPress experience is a plus. If you're interested in this position, shoot us an email at incoming at priority1podcast.com, or click on Red Shirt Uncle Sam on our website for more information.
0: And now, over to Cookie to check out Will Wheaton's interview for UROK. Join me, sir. Then let's
1: check it out.
2: Recently, Will Wheaton was featured in a video by Project You Are Okay, a nonprofit organization aimed at breaking down the stigma of mental illness. Will described his personal struggles with generalized anxiety disorder and chronic depression. He explains that his condition went on untreated for over 15 years because he just accepted it as normal and was unaware that life could be any different. It wasn't until the illness prevented him from being able to cope with everyday life that his wife urged him to seek treatment. He recalls the moment that he noticed things were starting to improve. He said, and I quote, I just realized that I don't feel bad. I just realized that I'm not existing. I'm living. Learning how to live life with depression rather than living life through depression. He went on to say that you are not alone if you have these issues and that there are people who want to help you. And that is the purpose of Project You Are ok to create a safe space for people with mental illness to share their stories and hear the stories of others. A link to their website, projecturok.org, will be in our show notes along with Will Wheaton's video testimony. I really admire Will for speaking out about this. This is a huge issue that many people deal with every day, including many Trek fans. And there's such a negative stigma about it. So much misinformation and judgment, but this kind of mindset often prevents people from seeking treatment. I myself see these issues regularly because I work for a psychiatrist. And although we're not endorsing any one specific treatment, it is extremely important to seek help. We can also help one another Will made another comment in his testimony that I appreciated. He said, leave every day a little bit kinder than it started. We can actually practice this in the Star Trek online community. We can improve the quality of discussions on the public forums if we just try to be kinder to one another. Keep in mind, everyone, people can be fragile, and for some it doesn't take much to make a person feel broken.
0: Thanks for that, Cookie. Uh, you're right, people don't tend to talk about mental illness very much, but as part of a community like Star Trek Online, we do have an opportunity to make the world a little better of a place, just like Gene Roddenberry envisioned. So on that note, have you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? A new advancement in science or tech that you would like us to cover? Then send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
1: Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
3: I'm only in the mood for good news today.
1: Season 10.5 is fast approaching, and we're seeing a lot of final fixes and tweaks being applied to the Tribble Test Server. Some notable points from the July 8th patch. Multiple improvements to the Armada system, and we're going to get to those in a couple of minutes. Numerous updates to the Krenim fleet holding, the research lab, including UI, ambient sound, and interior lighting. And the big one, significant changes to how the DMG damage mod works. Its bonus has been bumped up from a plus 2.5% base damage increase to a plus 3% final bonus. Early testing is showing that the damage mod is now no longer junk or unwanted weapon modifier and might actually be good. More testing is going to be required of course.
0: So to clarify that, Cam, uh, when you say it's uh, a final bonus as opposed to the base damage bonus, you mean that it applies now after any other modifiers you have?
1: Correct. It now applies after every single other bonus or modifier you have. It is like a category five, if you want to say.
0: Yeah, so that could be a a major change to that mod.
1: It is a huge change to that mod.
0: Oh, good, because I've got a few of those on my beans that (laughs) (laughs) have just been lingering. (laughs) Good.
1: So uh, uh, actually quite a long time ago, quite a few months ago, um, a bunch of us actually started crafting damage times three weapons and just sat on them just in the hopes that possibly, perhaps, maybe these modifiers will get improved. And it's been a long, long road. And suddenly those, those weapons that are sitting in our bank gathering dust Uh, might actually be worth something now.
2: Nice. Bordicus answered some questions in the official thread for the fleet armada system. Armadas will now have 25 tiers of 20 fleet levels each. A fleet level is determined by combining the tiers of a fleet's starbase in each of its holdings. For example, a fleet with maxed out starbase, embassy, mine, and spire will be a level 47 fleet. Combining the fleet levels of all the fleets in an armada will give you the armada's tier, with each tier being 20 fleet levels. For example, 4 level 47 fleets in an armada, 4 times 47 equals 188 divided by 20, equals tier 9 armada. Each armada tier will grant 1% bonus to skill points for alpha fleets, 0.5% for beta fleets, and 0.25 for gamma fleets. Also, a 1% dilithium discount for gamma fleets, 0.5% 0.5% for beta fleets, 0.25 for alpha fleets. So at tier 25, alpha fleets will see a plus 25% skill point bonus and a plus 6.25% dilithium discount. Gamma fleets will see a 25% dilithium discount and plus 6.25% skill point bonus. Finally, beta fleets will see a 12.5% skill point bonus and dilithium discount. These numbers are obviously subject to change
0: before going live on Holodeck.
1: Oh boy, we, we nearly it. broke cookies.
0: <laughs> it was announced last week that the Zindi Terrestrial lockbox will be retired on Thursday the 16th of July. Just like they've been doing for the last few lockbox retirements, this week there's a special promotion on where players have a chance at getting any of the previously retired lockboxes as a drop. It's interesting to note that the blog specifically refers to giving players a chance to get their hands-on rewards that they otherwise wouldn't have access to, which was a major complaint when they announced that event ships will now be retired after every event. Is this a sign of things to come? We can hope! Also, we're never left without a lockbox for long, so this is a clue that things might be changing soon. Who wants to guess what the next lockbox will be?
1: That brings us to this week's community questions. Will you be picking up an old lockbox this week? Which one are you hoping for? And what's your guess on what's the next one and its prizes will be?
2: Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from Perfect World Entertainment and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums and the Twitterverse. Zeronius Rex tweeted a picture of Captain Gecko and Salami Inferno testing something new for later. Upon further inspection of the picture, it looks like they are on a full team, one of them being a KDF tune, and I can't tell anything else, maybe it's the new mission, I don't know.
1: In a reply to the announcement of a Star Trek and Green Lantern crossover comic, at Captain Gecko tweeted, I guess it's canon now. Everyone can now look forward to the X-Men, Planet of the Apes, Doctor Who, and Green Lantern crossovers in STO. I have a feeling that's not going to go over too well with some of the players. Just a hunch. If you want to check out the comic that he's referring to, which is actually real, by the way, links will be in the show notes.
0: Ah, uh, could you imagine Wolverine in a Starfleet <laughs> uniform, though? <laughs> mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. no, no. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, they did do a uh, Doctor Who comic a while back, a crossover. That's true. did well, um, they? And, like I said, during Enterprise, they actually had a TARDIS ship, the, um, yeah. that shuttle that they had from the future, that they found from the future and they were fighting with it over with the Tholians. It was bigger on the inside.
2: Oh. oh. They need to put that in the game then, too. Sounds good to me. hmm.
1: It is in the game.
2: The TARDIS
0: is not in the game.
1: Well, the, the shuttle, the time shuttle is.
0: Oh, I've missed that one. I need to go check that out.
1: Except it's not actually bigger on the inside, sadly.
0: Oh, that would have been a great feature though transfer oh, yeah. to like the, the inside map of like a galaxy class <laughs> when you go into the, the bridge of a shuttle Laughing Trendy tweeted quote I have 11 blogs next week <laughs> 11 blogs <laughs> I'm so glad I'm filling in for Jace this week and not next week. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to.
2: Keep in mind, Admirals, that the summer event ends this week. It was extended by one day, so it ends Friday, July 17th. And don't forget to submit a cute pic of your tune wearing your favorite of swimwear for our 2016 swimsuit calendar competition All the directions are on our website and linked in the show notes if you need tips on how to take a good screenshot. Then just email your submissions to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. It's so easy. Come on, you guys. It's going to be awesome. Send us your picks.
1: That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Next up is part two of our recent interview with Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera.
3: Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Cisco. Authorization
1: Cisco Alpha One Alpha.
0: Logs accessed. Well, admirals, once again this week we have Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera, joining us. Al, last week in Part 1, we talked quite a bit about the new Armada system that's coming up in Season 10.5. But there's a lot more coming with this new release. For example, the new Fleet Holding, which is a Krenim facility. Can we talk a little bit about that and also about what else is coming with Season 10.5? Well,
3: I'll do the best I can. Yes, well, there will be a new holding coming to, uh, to, to, to the game for Fleets. We haven't had a holding in quite a while. can't remember the last time we had one. Was it even Legacy of Romulus with the dolithium mine?
1: No, it was Season 8 with the Spire.
3: Okay, that's right, the Spire. That's right. So it's been a while, and so we we have the new Krenim facility. It's a uh, it's a research uh, facility, so technically it's in the Delta Quadrant, but, you know, you don't actually... It's not really in the Delta Quadrant, it's in this private map. It's based on the story that we've been building. That's now that that's, uh, you and Nog was able to locate the Krenim, and the Krenim wants... Um, Want your help, and they and you need their help, and so you guys work together and build and build a research lab, and it will be based on the geometry that will be in some upcoming missions. So some upcoming missions, you'll actually visit the Krenim facility. there you know the the Krenims, their version of it, and then you'll get so you'll get your own version that you'll be able to build up. And uh, there's some screenshots of it now uh, on StarTrekOnline.com, and uh, it will be research related, so you'll be able to be able to earn some stuff for for crafting as well as uh, a number of new. I'm trying to see if what we've released so far information on there, but I think it should be fine because if it's already on. It's going on triple by probably before this will be live. Um, some things we're we're doing is um, some you can unlock some slots like uh, ship trait slots and crafting slots and oh no, it's all or is it all trait slots? Um, ship trade slots uh, and uh, space space trade slots and ground slate trots. I'll be able to un- unlock additional slots through there. And we're playing with the idea, we may or may not make it in time. Um, the ability to gain. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna not say. I'm gonna not say. There's Go one on. other. New, there's, a, there's a new thing in there that <laughs> I probably shouldn't say because I'm gonna say it and then we're not gonna be able to do it. And so and then everyone's gonna say. And everyone's gonna. Everyone's gonna yell at me. Oh. So, there's a new thing that we're going to try to do with it, so that way um, uh, uh, something, to benefit, something to benefit your fleet that we haven't done before. Ooh. Um, I probably would say there's a 75% chance it will happen. I know that our, our, our lead engineer was working feverishly on it all last week, but it was coming in under the, under, under the wire. So, In addition, there'll be a whole bunch of new gear in there. I think there's some fleet warp cores in there, I think. Uh, I don't remember the exact rewards. You'll have to talk with either Jer- Jeremy Randall or Phil... Bill Zaleski to get some more of those details on the exact rewards. There will be a separate blog about that, about okay. all the rewards coming out in the future.
1: Well, um, some people have already went on to trouble. I haven't had the chance yet, unfortunately, but I'm um, posted on Reddit in several different places, screenshots of what's available. So there's going to be new kits and these kits are fascinating because you're going to have yes, there's tactical kits with science abilities built into them science kits with tactical abilities built into them and engineering kits with either either tactical or science kits uh powers and abilities built into them um
3: yeah yeah we were uh something we've been uh we've been playing around with or planning from since when we, we did kits and uh about the idea first we had the idea of like some kits with um Instead, with slots that could inst- that could install a, a a science gem inside the kit, and uh, but we may actually modify the way kits work. Uh, we you know we re- only recently updated the way kits work, but we may we are thinking of um, of simplifying the design even further, and so that kind of mod- and I won't get into that too much, but that kind of uh, directed how we're doing these kits for this for this system, so they're just baked right into the uh, into the kit itself.
1: Some of the other stuff that I'm seeing here are ultra rare modules at mark 12 and mark 13. I think this is the first time we're seeing mark 13 modules, get modules.
3: Pretty sure that's the that's the first time we're, we're we're doing that. Yeah. You can't upgrade modules right now, right? Uh-huh, you that's true. Yeah. So, right. So uh so that's so so that's why that's why we're doing that.
1: Okay, yeah. And the uh, yeah, I guess I have to ask since you mentioned that are there any plans to be upgrading the modules or the kits in the future?
3: I'll talk a little bit more about about that. Sure. The um, the way the technology works for for kits is that it doesn't it doesn't it's not compatible with the upgrade system. That's why you can't upgrade kits and you can't upgrade kit modules. The way they're engineered is just not compatible with the upgrade system. So we're either going to have to invest in doing that, but. Um, I'm more leaning towards a possible change that I'll throw out there as a brainstorm idea of um instead of having a, a kit bag, right, having four, you know four slots in it that instead that player has five up to five slots one slot per level plus a kit bag slot. So it's no longer the item. You don't have to put the items into the bag. You just put the item right on your character. But you can, but you can put the bag in as well. So the bag would work more like a ring, like in a particular, like in a uh, traditional MMO. Um, we're finding that players are not grokking the system of having to put the bag in and put the items into the bag and take the bag out and managing it that way. But instead, just putting the slots just directly on the character. And then we would probably get rid of the idea of different types, like, you know, operations versus manufacturing, you know, slots for, for, uh, for engineers. You would just get, you know, one to five engineering kit module slots, and then you would also just get a kit bag slot. And so whatever bonuses are on your kit bag, you'll still keep, you won't lose, you'll lose nothing as a player. Right? You'll, you'll, will your bag will still either have, and whatever powers are on that bag, you'll get by slotting that bag. But the bag won't have slots in it, the slots will just be on your character. So as you get modules, you can just plug them right in your character, you don't have to put them in your bag and then move your bag and have to take all your stuff out of your bag and put it into the other bag. We just want to take a level of complexity out of it. And then all that we lose is, it's not, is, players don't lose anything but the distinction between this is a, you know, a 3-2 bag or a 4-1 a bag. And so you don't have to worry about managing. Oh, what can, oh, I, oh, I want to put one more fabrication module in here, but I can't because I have to change bags to do that. So we just want to get rid of all of that management and just make it generally a lot simpler. And so that is why we didn't have these bags in, in, as rewards here, having a, a science slot. We just instead put a science power right on the bag. So that way, if we do make that change, you can still just slot that bag and get that science power. Say, for instance, if you were a tactical officer.
1: Without having so, to go back and do major changes.
3: Yeah, and like have to do some sort of fix-up script and split out a power for you that you can use, and it's just going to get ugly. So so that that was kind of influencing how this design fleshed out, but um, I don't know if and when that will happen. We were just stay, being prepared for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, please no more fix-up scripts oh, all <laughs> oh, oh, boy.
3: And we don't like them. They're very expensive. They slow the game down, and they don't always work.
1: So some of the other stuff that we have here, we talked about, uh, I just mentioned it a little bit before, the a new type of secondary deflector, the strategic secondary deflector, that seems fairly interesting. Um, we're also getting a new type of science console as well. And I think this has got people really, really, really excited, foaming at the mouth, where it's going to be different from the standard science consoles we get from the um, from the embassy holding these ones have two traits and a proc. So the two traits are any of any combination of the current science powers. So party gen, shield hit points, gravity gens, flow caps, um, power insulators, etc, etc. And it's going to uh, have the two, so you're going to have the main one which is going to be what, 37, plus 37 points, and the second one's going to be plus 25 points. And on top of that, it's going to have a a proc. That's that's something that's really interesting. I don't know if you know much about those.
3: Well, like I uh, I told you off air, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of these details are now being completely handled by uh, by our lead system designer, Phil, Phil Zaleski. Uh, I know we we talked about that. We're trying to make uh, as far as the proc is concerned, trying to make consoles consoles that come you know consoles like this more interesting than just than, than stat bonuses. Stat bonuses are they're good for DPS leagues and min maxers who just want to get the most stats out of things, but they're not always as sexy and exciting for 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 more casual players. Uh, always having 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 a, a passive that has some sort of active ability or reactive ability are, I always I always find much more interesting and intriguing. Um, as long as it's not sacrificing the stats themselves. So that's always been a big. I, I've always been a big fan of those kind of uh, those kind of items, as opposed to just plain stat items. Things that actually, you know, you can see the change in the gameplay as a result of your strategic choice, as opposed to just seeing a numeric change. Uh, and and you know, you'll also see. You know, if you've probably seen similar similar approaches with some of the ship consoles that we released, where that they're, It's almost the opposite, where. The ship consoles that have this active ability when it's not working also has a passive ability, right? We've been doing that a lot of the ship consoles on the new tier six ships, so that uh, so that way they're still valuable to the player who wants to stat, but they also has an active ability. So we're trying to accommodate both style of players. So there are definitely players, I, myself included, who I like the toys that comes with with the game. I like to see all the fun flashies, uh, uh, but you know you do that at a sacrifice of you know, extra, you know, extra stats. So, trying to accommodate, make them as interesting for both types, styles of players.
1: Well, here's the ironic thing. The, uh, <laughs> you're talking about the DPSers and the min maxers. Um, a lot of them, including myself, are looking at these new consoles and just, you know, um, it's like that wolf from that cartoon. You know the one I'm talking about? The one, you know, the, <laughs> the, the wolf Coyote? Whistle. The wolf whistle one, but not the yeah. coyote. The other one, where oh, okay. he's, you know the lady's singing and he sees her singing and he just you know gets extremely lustful and his eyes pop out and he starts whistling. This is what we're doing with these current consoles. I know for myself, for example, I run currently two sets of embassy consoles. I have a flow cap set and a particle gen set, and I'm always agonizing over this. Like I want my flow caps. You know, my my builds require energy. But I also want particle gens because I want to, to do some damage with the science
3: abilities that I have. You're flying a, you're flying a science vessel? I fly all types of things. I, I don't okay.
1: stick to one type of thing. I like to fly lots of different things. Um, but I do like science abilities. Science ships are some of my favorites. And science-based... I think they're
3: underappreciated.
1: Yes, they are. I have some questions about science ships a little bit further on. But uh, like I'm looking at this and I see, all right, well, I can get... Both particle gens and flow caps in one console, I have to give up my uh, my my plasma burst well, it looks like the proc on this might actually be better than the plasma burst so you know i'm I'm all for it I'm re- the plat the plasma doping is that what you' re- i don't I don't like calling it plasma doping I think it's <laughs> I
3: just thought it was I was just was tickled that it, it got a name like that so it, I it always was always found the amusing. it
1: was kind of silly. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those people that have been running plasma consoles, embassy consoles for years. I mean, you can look at some of my ancient builds from like two or three years ago, and you'll see that I've been stacking plasma consoles in there for a long, long time. And then it became popular, and it got the silly name, and it just kind of really frustrated me at that
3: point. Oh, but Cam, it, you're it, like a Star are, Trek is, Online plasma do- is plasma doping cool? Is it? Did you say plasma <laughs> doping was cool? <laughs> He that liked was it before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> he liked it before much. it was cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but
1: yeah. There's some really interesting. Uh, is there any other interesting stuff that's uh, coming up with 10.5 that you can perhaps tell us? Um, there'll
3: have... be a new. There'll be a new featured episode that's coming out that will continue the story. You know, we've been coming out with featured episodes uh, about once every month or so. So the the next one we'll watch with this, and then we'll have. Uh, additional ones that will come out after 10.5 I probably have the same cadence of about once every month so this will continue the story uh Aaron Eisenberg uh Nog will be in this episode as well as uh a uh, another 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 Star Trek actor who was there before um who we've seen before he'll that person will also there'll be two actors in this one stuff that we've recorded in advance so um that will it'll be a a pretty a pretty massive, epic piece of the story, but I guess it's kind of relative since they've all been kind of seeming kind of epic and massive and lots of really, uh, uh, important bits of story with every, with every episode. So, but this will be the next one we'll advance the story and can't really talk too much about it other than that, uh, that, uh, Nog will return, uh, in this episode. And, um, yeah, that's about all I can say about that. So let's see, it's, uh, that's pretty much most of Ten Five. It's fleet, this, the Fleet Armada, the, uh, the fleet holding and the um, and the featured episode. I want to say there was one other thing. For whatever reason of the life of me, I can't um can't recall. I'm sure it will come to me if it's important.
0: Okay. Well, the big question that everybody really wants to know is when is it coming out?
3: Yeah. I'm sure they do want to know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no hints. No no cryptic it's pretty close. messages. It's,
3: it's it's pretty soon uh, if you uh, you know if you kind of put you know the messages together as far as like you know we do these you know the, the episodes come out every come out every month or so and the, the general time between most you know releases are usually about 3 months apart from each other so we're really coming close to that time 10.5 was almost 3 months ago uh, excuse me 10 season 10 was almost 3 months ago so so we're uh, so we're real, we're real close so uh, okay. the players won't have to wait very okay. soon. Probably when this goes live, we'll have announced a date. So, Can
0: I, can I just take us backwards a little bit? Um, cause there way was Wayback Machine? Well, Wayback okay. Machine. Some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. But it, it was a question that I, I'm quite keen to ask, but it didn't quite work in the flow of what we were talking about before. This idea of mods and crafted gear, and I know the new Cronum Holding is a little bit more geared towards crafting and R&D side. How close are we to be able to Make our own mods on our crafting.
3: Sure, I'll happy to talk about that. We were we were very close, but now we're not so close. We we uh we lost a systems designer who uh, who moved to another company, and we we have a systems design rec open for Star Trek Online right now. So if you want to apply for a systems design <laughs> position, you can come and help us make that make that happen in the game. Because until we get that candidate. To come in and work on it, we can't. We can't finish the system, so we're just, we're just, we're just behind ahead right now. Uh, we have it, you know, we we we, we had it ready on the schedule, but it's just been postponed and delayed. So um, yeah, we we have a uh, I believe we have a content position available as well as a system design position. So and uh, and if you're more interested in there in for winter for some reason, they're also hiring. But yeah, we uh, as soon as we can fill that head and get that person up to speed, then we can uh, we can start dedicating some time to finishing that. So, hoping to see that within. It's not going to happen with 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 ten point five, and it probably probably won't happen with eleven. But uh, I think we were trying to get it out for eleven, but maybe eleven five or twelve. Um, but
0: it's on the schedule.
3: It, it's it was on the schedule. But it's, <laughs> but it's, but it's been blacked out on the schedule because there's no one there to do it. So it just keeps getting pushed back until we can get someone up to speed and then we can, then we can get it on the schedule. Yes, the, um, number of things with, uh, with crafting. We've got this huge block, I think like six or 12 weeks of time to just upgrade the crafting system. And so that's, uh, there was also another large feature I was working on that also got postponed to a later season because of, because of, because we lost because we lost somebody. So what was that? Um, uh, well I can't talk about that. That's too <laughs> but it was going to be it was actually going to be a major feature of um, what was it going out? It was going to be feature ma- a major feature 11 but we changed what that major feature was and so we, we moved up a different major feature that was easier easier to complete and so that major feature will be going out with season 11 instead. I can't talk about either of those right now, okay. but, um. but 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 yeah, we've got like three major like there was like four major things we wanted to do. Fleet, uh, the fleet armada system was one. Crafting update was the other and then these two other really cool things that we were working on and those and so all those things are just getting shuffled around until we can uh until we can get the personnel back in place it's really hard to hire a systems designer i think it's much easier to hire a content designer someone who makes missions because most people in the industry if they're a designer they probably if if they haven't worked in an MMO they've probably made levels or missions for some game what even if it's you know like sonic the hedgehog mission or a or a call of duty mission uh, or level, they've done that, but few people have actually lo- built large systems and managed massive amounts of, you know, uh, you know, 10,000 guns, right? If you make a game like, like Call of Duty or Titanfall, you, not, not to diminish the work involved, but you're generally working on, it's a different kind of design. You might work, make 10 or 20 weapons and then just really hone and perfect those weapons extensively. But we build like, you know, 20,000 guns. Right, so it's a very different style of development, and generally those designers also work on content, and and so there's more content designers out there in the pool for us to choose from than there are systems designers with the skill sets we need. So it always takes a long time to replace those those uh, those uh, those people. So um, as soon as we do, we will uh, we will uh, we'll be able to get the, get back those extra those extra goodies.
1: It's it's tragic, Al. I mean, it's it's horrible. I have all these different weapon sets from, you know, before even Delta Rising came out, and these are all the different reputation weapons, you know, like Protonic Polaron and Romulan Plasma, etc. I have pretty much all the sets. And, you know what, it's extremely expensive to upgrade, and I'm always terrified that I'll get the wrong mod on there.
3: Well, I can tell you this, that um, we're trying to make it the easier thing to do that we are working on right now is making it so there aren't such things as wrong mods, right? So trying to improve some of the ones that aren't as popular, um, so that way they don't... They're they're trying to balance them. they're 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 not apples and oranges to compare them because there are too many moving targets in the system. But there are some that are de- definitely underperforming um, that we uh, that we are actively working on improving. So uh, you won't have the same sense of regret that you got a mod that you didn't like because it should still be pretty good. So that that we are work actively working on. You might even see that with 10.5. Ooh, fantastic!
1: Ooh. So you were talking about like season 11, 11.5, and dare I say it? Expansion 3? Is there anything you can tell there us? There will
3: be an Expansion 3, but I absolutely do not want to tell you anything about it. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I will tell you is that some of the story that we've already started to lay out, um, some of the story that's come out recently and some of the story that will be coming out within the next couple of featured episodes, will have a dramatic impact on where the story goes for Season 11 and for our uh, expansion Expansion 3. And it it won't may, may not be so apparent, but but when expansion three does start coming around, you'll start saying, "Oh, now I see what they were doing." Hmm. kind of thing. So we plan our stories ahead like eighteen months ahead of time, and our stories our stories are you know the way that development works is you know we have our our timeline of things that we need to do from a business level, right. We need to have an anniversary event. We're gonna to need to have ships there. We're gonna to have to have a big event there. We need to have a summer event. We need to have a winter event. We need to have this many expansions because if you wait too long, people will drop off, if you come too soon, you're really not you're not you're not really gaining anything out of it. So we have a cadence on how often we need to release something. And then we've got it you know, we've got the fiftieth anniversary of uh of Star Trek of Star Trek itself coming out in twenty sixteen and all of C B S partners are trying to to make that a big deal so we want to make that a big deal and we so so we start having a framework about where we need to hit things a cadence of ships and missions and events and then we says okay how can we build a story that will hit all those beats and then as we build the story around that then the systems kind of fall out of that it says okay we can build the story let's say about the Krenim and we need a fleet holding well it looks like we can let's make the fleet holding a Krenim facility that sounds great and, and uh, um, so we will we'll, the and or we're going to build this you know about uh, you know intelligence and our pilots and so the ships are, can, come from that and the specializations come from the stories and the, and those sort of things and so and and so more and more of our systems are getting more and more are getting better at integrating the systems into the stories themselves um, and so that way when the ships come out they make sense uh, you, you know you notice that the vaudois were introduced in in the Delta Rising, and then the Lockbox later came out. After that, after one got introduced and was, and learned about the Vodouar and got excited about their powers and everything, and then when they were no longer a threat and they were defeated, we'll say quote unquote, then it became a Lockbox, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, all of it's all intertwined, and very little of it is accidental. So that's uh, so all plans for season 11 12 expansion 3 whatever that will be in the future it's already been worked out and uh, all i can say is that the stories that are being told now will have an influence on those things to come and so yeah we've got things planned out until uh until deep deep until uh 2016
1: Uh uh-huh could could you uh would you write a story about captain
3: picard would i write a story about captain picard
1: we should you should write a story about captain picard and
3: see that's the other part of the equation is what actors we want to uh, um, bring in you know bring in because that dramatically changes the story that we want to tell and some sometimes it's just a matter of a just getting in touch with them like like i'll tell you like i tried to reach out to kate mulgrew and they never returned our calls Right? So we said, could we maybe, maybe we can get Kate into the game, right? But we could never, we we, we couldn't get in touch with her. Um, we got in touch with our agent. They said we get back to us, and this never just never got back to us. So and that's why I go to the conventions a lot, and I'll reach out to these people way ahead of time just to get their contact info, engage their interest. I met Aaron Eisenberg two and a half years ago at a San Francisco convention, and he probably thought it was you know oh, I was crazy, and he hadn't heard from me in two years. And then I said like, then I call him up, and then he was totally excited about working with us. But uh, so I need to reach out to these guys way ahead of time to see if they're if I can get in touch with them, I get their contact info, and if they're if they're even interested, um, I can usually gauge their level of interest and level of participation just from meeting them sometimes they'll be aloof and sometimes they'll be totally on board it's just okay the ones that are really excited those are ones that we can probably make happen and then if i can if i can get uh patrick stewart's contact information while i'm uh, in vegas this year maybe we can uh, maybe we can make that happen but uh, that would that would be a huge dream for me that would that would uh, if we can actually get patrick stewart uh into into the game he's a uh, he's he's about as close as a, as a celebrity hero that i have um, I really, I really, I really like him he, a lot. So I wouldn't, ha- wouldn't anticipate that happening soon. But if we can get him, we get him, um, we would, we would make a whole season about him. So <laughs> we would definitely wouldn't squander that opportunity. We'd make a big deal about it, and we would change our story however we needed to to make that happen.
0: That sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah. Make it so. If you,
3: if you see so. him, let him know <laughs> we want him. <laughs> he also might, he also may be way outside of our price range, so that might be a problem too. So some 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 of the celebrities are so high up there that they're just like, Oh, okay, yeah, we really can't we really can't do that. We try to make the we try to make it fair so everyone gets a pretty standard rate, but there are some exceptions to the rules that that uh there's no budging. There's you know, getting for instance, uh um, you know, William Shatner, he probably you know, I've heard that, you know, he doesn't roll out of bed for less than fifty thousand or something. I've heard, you know, kind of jokes like that. It's like who knows what he might want from us if he wanted to work from us, and he just may be way out of our price range. So um, I don't know if we'll ever want to have him in the game or or need to. But and if we did, I don't know if we'd even ever be able to make it work. So there. So same thing goes with Patrick Stewart.
1: Well, there are others like um, Jonathan Frakes, uh, mm-hmm. Brent Spiner, Will Wheaton. I, I hear Will Wheaton plays the game, so maybe maybe he might be interested.
3: So I'll uh, I'll tell you that that we actually reached out to Will Reed when we first launched the game, and uh, we wanted to uh, we wanted to to work with him, and he was less interested at the time. I think you know he didn't know who we were and didn't know where we were going. He was more interested in actually writing stories for us, and we really wanted more we really wanted more of the voice acting work at the time because you know writing stories for games it's kind of really hard to get an outside writer to come in and doesn't really fit really well with with our plans, but. Uh, but now that he you know relationships has changed i think would be a very uh, i think it's a really good idea to try to work out something with Will Wheaton so he's definitely someone on our radar and um, i've talked to uh, Brent Spiner and he uh, he wasn't interested so he just wasn't interested in working with us he just didn't want to so that that's, that's uh, i think i've talked to CBS and CBS says what that's crazy he he totally would do it so CBS said they would look into it to see if uh, our contact there that said that he would talk to him and see if um, maybe he just didn't take it seriously. Because you know, to be honest with you, you know, these people are at these, these actors are at the conventions, I'm sure they're approached all the time from all kinds of people wanting you know, say, Hey, will you work on my project for me? And and they probably just hear it all the time and don't know if they're if the person that's talking to them is legit. They don't know me from Adam just because I have a business card. Right. Um and whether or not I actually, you know, we actually are a serious, you know, licensed product that can actually pay them. And so they're probably a little bit more aloof and, and cautious to certain being approached in certain ways, so you know my first interaction with brent he wasn't interested, so I might go the c b s route and see if' because, uh, and then he might maybe they'll be able to to convince him so so um and it's a really delicate balance because we have to get we have to get a commitment from these people way ahead of time so we can build our story around them um and you know sometimes it gets- it gets gets a little hairy if they don't uh they don't sign their contracts in time um whether or not hey do we need a plan b because are, are we, you know, we we have this episode done and they still haven't signed and you know when do you start working on the episode so so it's uh it's all, everything has always worked out but it's always, but there's been a lot of times where it's just come in really kind of scary at the last minute it's like hey this is episodes going out in three days and we still don't have a con- contract <laughs> so there's been a few that's coming really really late and that's been uh so that's that's been rough but um We'll continue to bring them in. Um, There's still we've got we've got a few others that are that are lined up that are already that are already on the way and a few repeats that are also have been with us before that will be rejoining us again and we will uh, and we have a few others that we definitely want to uh, uh, are just starting to build a uh, starting to talk with about whether or not they're interested in, in joining us. So you'll continue to see Star Trek celebrities in the game for, for the foreseeable future.
0: That concludes part two of our interview with Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, lead designer for Star Trek Online. Join us next week for part three. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in,
1: sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting annoyed, other.
0: Admirals, we're at the part of the show when we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was... What are you most looking forward to in the new Armada system, and what would be on your wish list for Season 10.5?
1: Marques replied on PriorityOnePodcast.com, really looking forward to the new and improved fleet management system, as one of the fleet leaders that runs three top-tier fleets, our own Armada, with member all swapping all over, trying to fill projects. It's all too easy to lose track, since the fleet swap also includes a rank and a history update. Being able to keep better track of a member's history will be very, very welcome.
2: Neonface commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I would like to see some sort of recycling program with current fleet items. I know it can't be just me who has purchased fleet items, just to never use them and selling them only gets you energy credits. It would be nice to be able to even get back half of the fleet marks and the lithium that you put into it. This is something that I believe everyone will benefit from as well as progress one's fleet even more.
0: Grizz at shaitangrizz 420 said on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I am part of the fleet Sector 31 ANTKB. We've been around since Beta and are one of the largest fleets in STO. We have several completely finished bases with well over 1500 individual players and multiple characters. We've been waiting for something like this Armada since the fleet bases came out. Now we can finally link all our fleets together. Thank you.
1: Star Chaser replied to the community questions on priority1podcast.com. I think the Armada system could be a good way for fleets with highly skilled players to pass those skills to players in other fleets. I have seen comments in the past that, unless you were lucky enough to be in a fleet that did high-level content regularly, you would not be able to play that content. Armada may be a way to fix that. Alpha fleets could be Master fleets, Beta the apprentice fleets, and Gammas the rookie fleets. I agree with the comment made in the show about a free tier six ship at level 50. Yes, we do get free event ships, but they are cross-faction ships. I think it would be a good idea to have a free tier six federation, Klingon, and Romulan starships.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That's kind of what I was getting at when I said I wanted a free ship at level fifty uh, or sixty, whichever. But because yeah, the the event ships are nice, but if you are the type of person who likes a little bit of uh, role play with your character, uh, it feels odd because they're not for Federation characters or for Klingon characters or Romulan characters.
1: Matt, I agree with you. We should get something at level fifty now.
2: Bergens commented on the STO forum post about episode 229, I'm looking forward to a few things in the new Armada system. I'm looking forward to a larger community to exchange thoughts and ideas with. I'm hoping to find a fleet that needs a place to dump their doffs. And as the fleet officer who maintains the fleet members rankings,
0: I'm really excited about the ability to export the roster and fleet stats. So this next comment was actually made by a number of people. Zobaraz, DW, Wolf, and Sean Newboy commented it on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Eradicator84, Bloody Riz on the STO forums, and many others have stated that they would like to see cross-faction armadas.
1: That would be actually fairly interesting because a lot of fleets uh, are split between a, a Federation faction and a Klingon faction. So, this way, instead of creating two armadas for each faction, you can have one armada.
0: That would be awesome. I'm all for that. I'm not sure if that's possible, though.
1: It is very possible. For example, on a ship bridge, you can invite someone from a different faction onto your ship bridge. Onto your ship. So, it's actually in there.
2: I just feel like the KDF gets left behind a lot, so that would be a way to kind of involve them again.
1: Jay Galloway said on Facebook, I really wish you would stop breaking up the Al Rivera interviews, it's really annoying. Thanks Jay, stay tuned for part three of our interview with Captain Gecko next week. But seriously, the interview was three hours long, just editing it takes more work than the rest of the podcast put together.
0: Thank you Winters.
3: (laughs) Thank you Winters.
2: Each week our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO priority one, or shoot an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com.
0: Well, that wraps up episode 230 of priority one podcast.
1: Before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. <whistles> Will you be picking up an old lockbox this week? Which one are you hoping for? And what's your guess on what the next one and its prizes will be?
2: Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comment section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a Twitter reply.
0: Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites, Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at sto priority one. You can even join the priority one podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one.
1: Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of priority one podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. With your continued support, we can bring you more convention coverage, reinvest in our tools and technology, and bring you quality Priority One content in new and different ways. Don't forget, even if you can't offer a financial contribution, Sharing our show with your friends is another great way to show us your support.
2: And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming Space Sim Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice.
1: The Priority One fleet is recruiting. And with a new Tier five star Starbase, there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com, one podcastcom And now you can become part of our Klingon Fleet Division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join.
0: We'd like to extend a special thanks to Cookie Cupcakes for filling in for Jace this week. Be sure to catch her, along with Elijah and James, on their new show, On Screen, set to debut this August at Star Trek Las Vegas. And thanks again to Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, for talking to us about Season 10.5. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah. Our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Asmaria Day Post. Thanks to our graphic artist, Romulan Ale. To all our bloggers and their managing editor, Al. To the writer of our Prelude dramas and foundry reviewer, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. To Chris Trone, our social media manager. And to consultant, Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media, for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert!
1: Shields up! Ready phasers! Engage!
2: also got part two of our interview with lead designer Al Captain Gecko Rivera, where we'll be taking the new fleet... Talking. Talking, sorry. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start at the top of the sentence.
1: Okay. Thanks again to all our patron... Patreon. (sighs) And the tea And...
2: One last thing, listeners. Priority One Production is look... Okay, hold on. It's at the bottom. I need to scroll up. Okay. All right. We have an ever-growing web presence and our one current... Okay. We have an ever-growing web presence and our one current... Okay. Will described his personal struggles with generalized anxiety... anxiety. (sighs) A link to their website project, Will be in our show notes along with Will Wheaton's video testimony. Dang it, that was so close. Okay, I'm gonna start at the top of the. Recently, Will Wheaton, let me, okay. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, recently? Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Recently, Will Wheaton was featured in a video project. That's, I did it again. I I see what I'm doing. Okay, now that I, okay, I'm going to do it right this time for sure.
0: Then send it over to us via STO oh, no, that's not it. Sorry. That <laughs> at the end of the page. <sighs> I don't like lock boxes. I know they're kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm probably going to edit that one. <laughs> Cut that. <Okay. laughs>
2: Zeronius Wex, Wex, Zeronius Wex. (laughs) Shut up! Who's that? Nobody speak of this again. (laughs) You guys did not hear that. (laughs) What's it called? My little speech impediment from first grade has come back.
0: Oh my god, that's so cute. (laughs) I can just picture. I don't want to talk about uh, it anymore. I can just picture like tiny little (laughs) cookie with pigtails. (laughs) Aww. And freckles. Yeah, that was last week.
2: <laughs> only in the summertime. Yeah. Just to never use them and selling them only gets you energy greater. What the hell? Did you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that how I mean how did I miss that? I don't know, but I did. I missed I missed it somehow. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really, really Who did sorry. it? Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? I want to know who did it.
0: I did it. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm I'll like, pro- I'm like actually crying.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> we broke Kenna, and we don't have enough duct tape
2: to fix <sighs> it's okay. I was doing so good too. You were doing good, and I'm really sorry. I regret oh. it now. I feel
0: bad. <laughs> it's just Winters will take care of it. It's fine, right? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. <laughs> our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and... Oh, God. I knew I wasn't going to get through that. Jake Morgan. Oh, God. Really? And God. That's why it's such a great podcast. Right. As Mario Day posts. Right.